First of all, I want to say worship was very good. Second of all, I want to say we're teaching, we're learning about habits, which we've been, this is our third week. Who can tell me what the H stands for? Because I don't remember this one, so somebody else is going to have to say it. Stephanie? I think that's it. That sounds right. Who? Okay, perfect. Who can tell me what the A stands for? Charity? Accountability. Perfect. Okay, so does anybody know what the B stands for? Not you again. Jacob. Bible memorization. Bible study, Bible memorization. Same, same difference. So, okay, I have some facts. They're five, five of them are just general history facts or just facts that you should know. And some other ones are Bible stuff that I want to see who knows and if we know. So the first one, does anyone know, and I want you to raise your hand and I'll call on you. What was the first permanent English settlement in America? Silas? Hmm? Jamestown. Do you know the one that went um, missing? Do you know which one was the first one that actually came to America but went missing? Do you know the name of it? No? Okay, that one I had to Google because I forgot the name of it. It was Roanoke, okay? Are we listening? Thank I hear a lot of talking, whispering. We can talk later. Okay, the second one, I think everybody should know this. I'm not a sports person. I had to Google it. It's, it's embarrassing, but, you know. Who is the quarterback for the Eagles? I said raise your hand. This was not a raising hand. Uh, you. Yes, that's the one that I found. Who was the first person to walk on the moon? Anybody? And Neil Armstrong. We're raising our hands. We're raising our hands if you know the answer, okay? In Greek mythology, this one is in honor of my favorite book series being turned into a TV series, which is coming out in December. Who is the god of the sea in Greek mythology? Poseidon. Thank you. And just because I'm curious, I hear a lot of talking. Just because I'm curious, does anyone know how many American presidents have been assassinated? Four. Thank you very much, Ezra. I knew about two of them, and I had to Google it, and I found there were two more. Okay, now Bible facts. What is the most common word in the Bible? No. Raise your hand. Charity? Nope. Nope. Lauren? What it, she said uh, God, and she said love. Okay. The word is Lord. It's the most common word in the Bible. How many books are in the Bible? Jacob? 66. I thought it was 64. I was proven wrong. Who wrote most books in the Bible other than God, which is obvious? Nope. Nope. Raising our hands. Nope. Danny? Nope. Nope. The answer is Luke. Was that your answer, Josh? Was that your guess? Okay. 
You got it then. Okay, what city was Jesus born in? What did you say? No. No. <laughs> Bethlehem. <laughs> Wait, no. Okay, now this one, this one's funny. What two animals speak in the Bible? Okay, we're raising our hands. Danny? And? The donkey. Fun fact, um, the donkey story used to be my favorite childhood, favorite, my favorite childhood story in the Bible. Don't know why. I was a weird kid. Okay, who were the first apostles to follow Jesus? Do you have it? I need both, there's two of them, and I need someone to raise your hand. Lauren? That he's one of them, do you have the second one? Okay, we have Peter as the first one. Does anyone know the second? Carrie? No. Charity? Nope, Andrew. Peter and Andrew. Okay, now this one, this one I'm gonna say very wrong and you're gonna have to really think to understand. What does Paul say may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment? What does Paul say may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment? Do you wanna give it a shot? Do you have an idea? Love, spot on. Okay, so. Bible study, Bible memorization. Most of us here grew up in the church, and at the very least, all of us know that it is important to read the Bible. If you don't, well, I'm very glad that you're here and that we're learning together because it's very important to read the Bible. Proverbs 2, 1 through 8 says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commandments. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. The Bible is the most important book ever written, and I am a big book nerd, so like, it's really important. Like, the Bible is super important. But I know as a teenager and a sinner that I sometimes forget the value and importance of the Bible. And I can guarantee, hello, why did you just skip like that? And I can guarantee that most of you are sitting there thinking, I know this already, like this is boring, I know this, and you're zoning out. I think this too. Most of, us, most of us had heard this lesson before, but do you listen to it? When was the last time you opened up your Bible joyfully, looking to read God's word? I know for me, reading the Bible became a thing on my checklist, or a thing I'd get to later because I had this really important thing to do, like my test I have next week, or the essay due on Monday that I haven't started. So, there's this TikTok trend that I've seen that asked, what if we treated the Bible like our phones? Has anybody seen that? Yeah. Okay, great, 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 great. It shows them like waking up and reading their Bible, reading while eating breakfast, and getting ready for the day and bringing their Bible everywhere with them. 
and they just read it whenever they would normally go on their phones. It made me think, and it definitely called me out. How many people here go to school? Okay, great, good, 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 good. Uh, how many people play a sport? It can be at any time of the year. I know I play one now and I have a fall sport. Nope, winter sport. Okay, and how many people do other after school activities? Like an instrument, a club, something else? Yep, yep. How many people work? This is more for the older kids. Work, job, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, you're tired, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I know I'm exhausted. I get home at night and I shower and I do whatever and then I, I look at my bed as I'm going to study and I'm like, you know, I'll just take like a 20 minute nap and the next thing I know I wake up and it's 3 a.m. So, um, yeah, I'm tired and I'm sure you're tired, tired too. But I'm also tired of this being an excuse on why I don't read the Bible and why I don't spend more time in God's word and why I don't talk to him more. And I also really like the brain break that my phone gives me, so I spend more time on my phone, which is not good, not good. This is my problem. So I know that I probably will not be doing this of just randomly reading the Bible, but I should, um, even when it's the right thing to do. But I wanna point out this. Just like with addicts, it's not necessarily completely healthy to just cut out all of it completely. Cut out all of social media, cut out your phone completely. I found this little fact. Out of 100 people trying to quit smoking cold turkey, which means when you just cut it out without any, like you just like get rid of it. There's no stages to it, it's just gone. 95% of people, whoop, skipped a step. Only about three to five of them will succeed for longer than six months. So by going cold turkey, 95% of people relapse this way. So, since we all know that it's important to read the Bible, but we all struggle with reading the Bible, I want to spend this lesson, rather than just making the same points about how important it is to read the Bible, I want to go over some strategies we can use to memorize the Bible, how to break it down, how to fit it into our schedules, and how to read it with intention so we can stop making those ex excuses. Sorry. Okay. First step. Breaking down the Bible. I did some little research on this one. So we got a lot of good stuff in here. The first one, things, these are just things that are in the Bible right now. There are songs. Songs may contain teachings, but they're mostly cries of emotion, asking, thankfulness, lamentations, etc. Then there's Proverbs, which are short and easily memorized. They're meant for wisdom and generalized guidelines to life. Okay, there's a whole book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs. Um, then there's prophecy. It's mostly in the Old Testament to warn and tell people to repent and tell of Jesus. And it's also containing visions and events that they lead to, that the visions lead to. Um, then there's parables, which are short, simple stories to illustrate a point or answer a question. Jesus answered a lot of questions with parables. Who here has any an example of a parable. I think we can all think of them, we just, yeah? Of the who? I can't hear you, I'm so sorry, I'm deaf. Yes, 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 yes. Um, or the prodigal son, that's a parable. Do you have another one? The good Samaritan, exactly. Okay, and then we have the epistles. 
which I probably butchered. Um, it's been a long, long week. There's, these are the letters and messages to the church. Revelation, actually, which I learned this in my research, Revelation begins and ends with epistles. So, you know, maybe Revelation is more important than I thought it was. Um, and then, who here has heard of the Old Testament? The New Testament? Yay, okay. So, the Old Testament occurs first, and it shows how the world began, and it also talked about Jesus coming. The New Testament begins with the Gospels, which who here knows what the Gospels are? The Gospels are the stories of basically Jesus. There's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There's four of them. There's four of them that all talk about God and nope, Jesus, when he came down to earth and just from his birth to his death to his resurrection. Okay, um, begins with, the New Testament begins with the Gospels and talks about him coming down to earth, his death, his resurrection, talks about preparing for his next coming, and includes letters meant to help us as Christians. So now I'm going to go over the books. If anybody wants more information, like I'm, there's a lot of books. There's 66 books, and they're all organized in different things, and I was going to make a slide for it, and then I forgot I was going to make a slide for it. So we're just going to, I'm just going to read them out. So we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which I also found that Luke has songs in it. So, you know, that's cool. Then there's Law, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Then there's History, which is Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and Acts, which Acts actually also has church history specifically. Then there's poetry, which also includes songs. That's Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. Then there's major prophets, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, then there are a bunch of others, and then there's letters which with a bunch of others, and prophecy, which is just revelation. So I, if you want more information on this, this was um, one simple Google search. Um, so if you want this written down for you, Google search it. It's really easy to find. Okay, now the big one. How to break down the Bible when studying it. So I found this handy-dandy little um, PDF on Google that gave me a lot of interesting different ways to do it, and I found one that I really liked and that I think is, and that I used, which I will go over, but one that was pretty good. So the first step, prayer. Ask God to help you see what he is trying to tell you. Second, know the book. For example, is it in the Old or the New Testament? And what's its purpose? Number three, Understand the context. I took this as the time period and any similar words that co come up in it. Um, the fourth, who is the author? The fifth, to whom is the text addressed? So what is their relationship to God and what is their problems? And number six, look for what the passage is actually saying and determine what you can learn from it. Okay, now... Here's some fun facts that I learned 
while I chose Ephesians, that, and I used all these steps for Ephesians, and I Googled it, and I actually, okay, so I'm a really big Greek mythology nerd, and so, like, this related to Greek mythology somehow, which I'll get into later, but, so this actually blew my mind a little bit. So, Ephesians was in the New, is in the New Testament. It's a letter. It was written in A.D. 60 to 62, um, which during that time, I'm going to butcher his name because I have a speech impediment, um, Emperor Nero, Nero um, was emperor then of the Roman Empire. Um, and also during that time, Luke, Philippians, Philemon, and Colossians was written. Um, it was written by the Apostle, Apostle Paul, who was in prison and sick, and Ephesians was written, because it's, epist it's an epistle and a letter, it was written to the church in Ephesus, um, which I actually learned that their goddess was Artemis in Greek mythology. I don't actually believe that, but, you know, I was just like, ooh, I like Artemis. Um, but, so, in the church of Ephesus, they were consisted of former Jews and Gentiles. It was a coastal city, and it was one of the churches addressed Churches addressed in Revelation, which and it may and John may have been written there. Super cool, right? Okay, so now Ephesus was under the control of the Roman Empire. Okay, and the Roman Empire, the Roman Emperor at that time was Nero, right? Who is actually I love looking into him because he was a literal psychopath. Like he was crazy. Like pretty cuckoo. So. He was a Roman emperor during that time, and he was actually persecuting a lot of Christians. And so Paul, yeah, Paul was in his prison and writing the letter to this church that was scared. They were scared that they were going to be um, persecuted and all that stuff. And he wrote the letter, and if you read Ephesians, most of it is about, like, the unity as Christ and, like, holding on to hope and our... Um, our inheritance as Christians. It talks about all of that, which I just like always thought was really cool. And then I connected it to like the fact that like, like Paul literally wrote it because they were under control of the Roman Empire and the emperor at that time was literally persecuting Christians. And I was like, wow. And I connected it to Greek mythology because I was reading a book about Nero the other day, whatever. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, it was written to encourage them to remain unified, and actually Ephesus was the cap was a capital of the Roman Empire, so like it would have been on Nero's like little like list, his little like looking out for it. It was important. So yeah, that's what I found, and it really wasn't that hard. It took ten minutes to find. So if you really want to dig deep into the Bible, doesn't take that long and to just understand the book and you learn a lot of really cool things. So it's super important. Now, some other tips and tricks and how to fit into your schedule. I used to read the Bible every morning on the bus. I go to public school. When I would get on that bus, there would be some things on that bus that I would never repeat. Some things that were said that I never want to hear again in my life because they were disgusting. And yet, I sat there in my seat, three rows in front of where these things were being said. And I read my, I did my devotion in the morning, I read the Bible, and I'm not saying I'm special, I'm not saying I'm different, I'm saying that you can do it. Everyone can do it, because I'm not special and I'm not different, you can do it too. Yeah, and then I would turn my music up so I didn't have to hear them too. Um, I no longer ride the bus, 
So I fill my car rides with worship music and I call it enough. But I know it's not enough. I found this podcast that is for teenagers and goes over different topics in the Bible, how to pray, etc. I like them because they back up almost everything they say with scripture. So I know they're not just pulling it out from thin air because we all know that you can make any claim, but you need evidence to back it up. And if you don't know that, then your English teachers really failed you. And I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, it's called the Teen Bible Study Taught in 10 Minutes. It's on po- like the literal podcast apps. I listen to it while I'm getting ready in the morning. Not all of you do makeup, perfect for you. Um, but I do it while I'm doing my makeup. I do it while I'm doing my hair. You can do it while you're getting dressed, eating breakfast. It's literally 10 minutes or less. It's super easy and it has tons of like words of wisdom and scripture in it. And then, which I have this devotional book and I totally left it in my bag, um, but it's, it's got a verse at the beginning and then it's got like a short devo and a prayer at the end of it. It takes me like five minutes to read at night and I read it before bed and it's got really good parts of scripture in it that I think, you know, if you want to look into that, I can totally talk to you about that. Um, it's on living on purpose with God. So there's really no excuse What I'm getting at is there's really no excuse when there are so many small and easy ways to fit God into your daily lives. Give God's word 10 minutes of your life. Like you should give him more, but give him 10 minutes of your life. It's really, it's actually, I found so many different ways. It's so simple. Okay, now my best study tip for memorization, which you can take it for the Bible, which is what I'm teaching about, obviously, but you can also take it to school because this is my little hack and I'm sharing it with you guys now. So it's what I use to remember any facts or things for school. I use it with equations for math or facts when I did have history. Um, I used it when I took a Bible class in middle school and had to memorize a verse each week. And I think I first saw it on Instagram, um, which in like, so long ago, but it's, it's so simple. So the first step is write down whatever you're trying to remember. So like a verse in our case, write down your verse and then write it down three times. Then say it in your head three times while reading it. Then read it out loud three times and then look away and try and recite it. And then like, if you can't like look back and then try again and like keep going from as, until you like get it down as best as you can. Repeat all of the steps, and when you can do it perfectly without looking at the thing you're trying to memorize, you've got it memorized. Continue practicing, and you're set. It's really, truly simple. Now, God isn't going to quiz us and grade us on his ability to memorize his Bible verse, and I know I have a terrible memory, so I don't memorize Bible verses that often. I know generally what the Bible says. I remember little quotes and things, but I don't know where they're found. But I think it's important to know where they're found because while God isn't going to quiz us, we're meant to go out and make disciples and we're meant to share. And just like I said, you need evidence to back up your claims. And the Bible is our evidence. It's our claim and our evidence. So you kind of need to need it to prove your point, which is what I was saying. Um, I've been put in a lot of situations in my life and recently where I needed or wanted to bring up topics in the Bible. 
And having the general knowledge is helpful, but having the verses memorized really would have been game changing. And I didn't have them memorized, so that's why I'm up here saying we should all have them memorized because it literally would have changed the game for sharing my faith to other people. Okay, now some other random tips for just remembering the Bible and things in general. And the reason I like reading the Bible before bed. So, you know how whenever like you're about to fall asleep and whatever you're thinking about right before you fall asleep is what you dream about? Does that happen to anybody else? Okay, well, it, it's whatever. But like, like for me, if I watch a scary movie right before bed, I'm gonna have a nightmare. It's why I don't watch scary movies right before bed. You also shouldn't be watching scary movies, period. Um, duh. But um, I use this to my advantage in school and with the Bible. Um, I like to read the Bible and my notes before a quiz. Like, I read it before bed and then I go to bed because my notes almost, not the Bible, but my notes always put me to bed. So, but then, when I dream, I think about my notes, and then I remember my notes. And this is not something I am pulling out of thin air. I have proof, I have evidence for my claim. Um, it's actually proven by a study done by Notre Dame, the college, um, so I'm not crazy. It's an actual thing. It was proven that when you think about something before sleeping, you remember it better in the next day and in life. So, and then I'm going to give you my little tip on how I study the Bible simply and easily. Um, okay, so I read whatever chapter I'm studying. I highlight whatever verses that I like, themes I've found, or anything that I want to add on to. Go back and I write it down. I write down the verse and I write down whatever I liked about it, what I was saying, and or the deeper meaning that I wanted to highlight on. Uh, yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to close. I have three verses I'm closing with. Proverbs 15:14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. So we know that scripture feeds us. 2 Timothy 3:16-17 says, "All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right." God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So scripture guides us connect, and connects us with not just God, but with each other. You know, Ephesians unifying as a body of Christ. Just on my mind. And now, this is the verse that I want. If you want to take my little tip on memorization, this is the verse that I want you guys to memorize this week. To spend this week memorizing. Psalms 119, 13 through 16 if anybody wants to write that down. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. So that was Psalm 119, 13 through 16. Okay, now I wanna pray and then clean up chairs and you're good to go. And if anybody plays basketball or any games, no playing basketball or any games until everything is put away. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Though it may be rainy, and though it may be stormy, and though the picnic may have been canceled, 
I pray that we're still able to get closer with each other and closer with you today. I pray that this lesson speaks to the heart and helps someone out here. It doesn't have to be all of us, but just let it be one of us at least, Lord. Let us bring it into our lives. Let us spend more time with you. Um, Lord, speak to us, speak through us, and just push us into your word daily, God. Convict us of our failings as Christians to, that we're not spending as much time with you and that we need to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.